Okay. Father, I want to ask you that you would just bless what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes. Lord, it's not going to be long. I say that to give the people hope, but it's not going to be long. But Lord, I believe it is to the point. And I believe it is something that you want us to know. Because I believe you put it in my heart to give. So I ask you to come and anoint us next. A little bit of time. And I ask that you would speak directly into the hearts and the minds of all of us in this room. And anyone who may listen to this who's not here today. And that we would hear your voice speak into our lives. And I ask it in your name. That is a picture of Michael D. Higgins and another gentleman who I haven't got a clue who he is, to be honest with you. But they're looking at a picture in the National Gallery called The Taken of Christ. And it's by a guy called Caravaggio. And it was done sometime between 1571 and 1610. And I know that because it says it on the copy of it that I have here. (laughs) Which hangs in the hall outside. And most of you probably haven't even seen as you walk by or you may have. Um, And I had heard about this picture many times. (coughs) Many, many times. But I had never actually seen it. Not even on Google. I'd never even Googled it to see what it looked like. And I was walking one day in Wheefield Prison. And they had this lovely chapel in Wheefield Prison. And I happened to go into it. And there was this massive picture. On the, now I mean massive. The thing is like five feet, six feet, something with Huge, beautiful picture. And it's the Taken of Christ by Caravaggio. And I was thinking, man, they're doing well. I know they're in prison for robbing, but that's like good. They got that out of the National Gallery and got it into the prison. But I mean, this was perfect. But I had been done. It was a copy that had been done by a guy who was locked up. And it was stunning in detail. Absolutely stunning. And he did it from a photograph. He made a copy of a masterpiece. And the masterpiece is hanging. And apparently the masterpiece was in someone's sitting room or kitchen or something like that for years. And no one knew it was a masterpiece. And it's worth God only knows how many million and all the rest of it. But it's unique in the world. And there are many copies of it. We have a copy. There's thousands and thousands of copies of it, but there's only one masterpiece. And there's a piece of music playing. And it's Pachelbel's Canon. And it's a stunning piece of music, and it's a masterpiece. And there's been loads of copies of that done. You too done a, a, a junked-up version of it with somebody else. And there's been loads of different things copied and use that and it's been used in all kinds of ways with different bands and different orchestras and different um, <coughs> different settings and different arrangements to try and make a difference but there's still just one masterpiece one piece of music it's unique and the Caravaggio is a masterpiece and it's priceless on this land on this earth but there is a greater masterpiece than any of those things. And there's loads of others. There's Da Vinci's and Van Gogh's and all the other stuff that's out there that people would say are masterpieces. And they'll kill to get them. They'll kill, they'll sell their, their wife and kids to get the painting. They don't, like, they just will. But there are more masterpieces sitting in this room 
They reward far more than any of them. But there are also a lot of masterpieces living in this room who are living as copies. Instead of living as the masterpiece that God created us to be. In the book of Ephesians, in chapter 2 and verse 10, it says that we are God's masterpiece. That he has created anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And you know what? None of the guys who were up here earlier talking knew what I was going to preach on. But yet every single one of you said something that fits exactly into this. Jordan, you could have preached the message. Richie could have preached the message. Pandy, Sergei, everyone. Every single person sitting in this room, and this is not about what went on in Belarus, this is about what's going on in our lives. Every one of us are God's masterpiece, and a masterpiece is a once-off. That's why it's a masterpiece. It's unique. It's made by a master craftsman. It's made by someone who knows how to take the raw materials, whether it's notes in a musical scale or whether it's oils and canvas, and they know how to create something that is stunningly beautiful, that is unique, that can, yes, it can be copied, but it can never be replicated because it is a once-off. Just a once-off. And God has created each and every one of us as a once-off. There is no other person on this planet who has what you have. Who can do what you can do. Who can connect with who you can connect with in the way that you can connect with them. And here's the thing. He has got you to this place in life because he has stuff for you to do going forward. I was thinking when we were away, and this scripture was in the back of my head, and has been, this has been, I suppose some people say they have a life scripture. This scripture changed my life literally. Literally changed my life nearly 30 years ago. When I realized that my presence on this planet wasn't a mistake. And that God had a plan. And that he created me the way I am. Because this is the way I'm supposed to be. That I don't need to be like other people. I don't need to copy how other people do stuff. I don't need to try and, and, and preach the way other people preach or lead the way other people lead or talk the way other people talk. God made me this way because there's a job for me to do in my life just like there is for you to do in your life. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I think in the NIV it says a slightly different. It says that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know what's amazing? When Alex went to be an apprentice carpenter, he didn't do it to go and build something in Belarus. He didn't do it to go and walk in the Hope Center and fix things here. Put in a kitchen down there so we could use it. He didn't do it so that he could go and walk in many other churches around that no one knows anything about. 
or help in other people's houses that no one knows anything about. He didn't do all of that back then, but God prepared you for what you were going to do and good works he had prepared in advance. And he gave you the skills and talents and then gave you the opportunity to get them honed up and taught. Dushko can speak four languages, or more probably. I bet you he never learned them languages thinking he was going to sit and bring hope to about 40 or 50 orphans for a week just because he could sit and talk with them. Paddy learned how to drive stolen cars in Ballymun. You know? <laughs> I know he didn't, no money messing. <laughs> Am I right? No, 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 no. <laughs> He's nodding at me. No, I'm only, no, I'm only joking. But he didn't learn how to drive all them years ago, thinking that you were going to be driving around Belarus, delivering jukeboxes, and picking people up, and making things happen. Like, like, we are, we're every single, just look around this room for a second, please, move in your chair and just look at all the people around you. Just look. There ain't one of us in this room to have the same fingerprints. Does not one of us have the same DNA? Does not one of us have the same iris print in your eye? Does none of us even have the same voice print? We can be identified individually in so many ways. In so many ways. But we can give all of that up to fit in and be part of something. And the kingdom of God is not about fitting in. It's about standing out. It's about standing up. It's about being all that you were created to be. It's about not letting the things of this world stop you being what God made you to be. Not letting the hurts of this world stop you from doing all God called you to do. Not letting the people of this world talk you down enough that you can't step into or step up into what God called you to be. There are people... Not just in Belarus. There are people in Ireland depending on us to be who God created us to be. And they don't even know they're depending on us. But they are. There is stuff that only you can do. Because you're a masterpiece. Unique. Individual. You will speak with people none of the rest of us will speak with. You will buy someone a sandwich or make someone a cup of tea that none of the rest of us will ever do. You will hear someone's troubles. You will share your troubles. You will whatever. There's, I don't know how many people are here. There must be 40 people or 50 or whatever. But there's 50 of us to have networks of people that any of the other 49 are never going to go near. And like Richie said, you can sit at home all day reading your Bible. You can watch God TV till it falls off the wall. You can listen to Spirit Radio and UCB. But you were created as God's masterpiece to do good works that he made for you to do before one of your days came to be.
You can come to church every Sunday. Or you can be the church. But you were created to be the church. We weren't only made to make a difference in Belarus. We were made to make a difference here. We were made to make a difference in Crumlin. You were made to make a difference in your home. If you're the man in your home, you're called to be the priest in your home. If there's no man in your home, then lady, you're called to be the priest in your home. If you have kids, they are your first place of ministry. Our first job in life is to lead those that we love most dearly to meet the Creator who saved all of us. And no one else can do that as well as you can. No one. Because they're yours. No one could lead my kids to Christ the way we could. No one can lead my grandkids to Christ the way that their mom and dad can. We can send them on camps and all the rest of it, but if they come home and see you as not living for it, that won't last long. We have this amazing opportunity to realize who we are. I got to say on Friday, I think. What day was it? Sunday, Friday. To the kids in the orphanage that I believed that they were the future in Belarus. That I believed that they could be doctors. That they could be firemen, policemen, teachers. I was running out things in my head. I was trying to think of jobs that they could be that weren't just the bin man or the shoemaker or the things that they shoved them kids into being. And I do honestly believe that they have that potential in them and that opportunity and that creativity and that ingeniousness and that um, whatever they need to be because I believe they are God's masterpiece. They're not just orphans. They're not just kids that have been dumped. They're not a mistake in this world. They're not baggage. But as I was saying that, there were people standing behind me shaking their heads. They were saying, that's not going to happen. He's stupid. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I didn't know they were shaking their heads at the time. My speech next year will be three times longer. They'll have a lot more to shake about. Because <laughs> I want to tell you, I grew up in a world that told me I was a mistake. I grew up in a world that went to an education system that told me I could never do anything any good because I came from Grumman. I grew up in a world that said that we were useless because we were poor and from Grumman. And that we weren't masterpieces. We were mass-produced clones of a system. And I grew up in a world where you weren't allowed to talk about religion or politics because they were private affairs. The kingdom of God is not a private affair. The kingdom of God is what changes people's lives. The grace of Jesus Christ is what changes people's lives. The blood of Jesus Christ is what saves us. And if we don't grasp that for ourselves, we haven't got a hope in hell of sharing it with anyone else. 
If you can't grasp that you are a masterpiece, you are absolutely 100% unique. Richie's back if anyone wants to go. If you can't grasp that you are absolutely unique, that you are absolutely one of a kind, you don't have to let whatever has robbed you up to now rob you in the future. You don't have to lose the potential to be wherever God created you to be. When you were a kid, did you have a dream? Let me ask you something. Close your eyes for a second, please. Just try and remember, did you have a dream? Was there something when you were a kid that you thought, oh God, when I grow up, I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to be that. That might have been, when I grow up, I'm going to be, <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to be a mammy. I'm going to be a daddy. I'm going to be a fireman. I'm going to be a, a plane driver. I'm going to fly a rocket. I'm going to play guitar. I'm going to whatever. Has that dream come to pass in your life yet? If it already has, I want to ask you to ask God for a new dream. Ask him for a bigger one. And if it hasn't, there's two reasons dreams haven't come to pass in our lives. One is because it wasn't the time and they weren't meant to be. Or two, someone has blocked it on you and robbed you of dreaming. And I want to declare right now that God, if he placed a dream in your heart, he put it there for a reason because he wants you to have it. And he made you for it. And he made me for a dream. He has given me stuff that is unique that other people don't have. I see things where they're not there. I'm not delusional. I'm not even psychotic, only sometimes. But I see things where other people don't see. I saw Church in Crumlin 15 years before this place ever came to be. Anne doesn't have that gift. She doesn't see them things. But she sees people's faces and needs that I don't see. She has this gift to see clothes in, in a shop and go, that'll do this person who I can't even remember their name and they live 5,000 miles away, but she'll remember them. She has a skill for shopping that she has honed for years. Not easy. But what Paddy said is true. We bring over probably 40 kilos of stuff for us that isn't even for orphans. It's for all the people who are connected. Because there is a network of people around that place. And if we keep them sweet, for want of a better word, it makes life sweeter for the orphans. And Anne sees that network. I don't see that. I just see floorboards and windows and Alex and Josh and Richie doing them. We're, we have you, but you see what's brilliant about all of them masterpieces when they come together? You get a gallery. What's amazing about the National Gallery? 
It's full of masterpieces, isn't it? Why is the Louvre famous? Because it's full of masterpieces. Where do people go to visit the Louvre? Because it's full of masterpieces. This is a gallery where God shows off his masterpieces. And you're the masterpieces. There's a scripture that says, don't hide your light under a bushel. I'm not even sure where a bushel is. We didn't have a lot of bushels when I was growing up. But I'm guessing it means don't get your light and hide it under something that people can't see. Let your light shine. Let whoever it is that's trapped inside of you screaming to get out. Let him out. Let her out. Find the space in this world that God has given you to go and be who you are supposed to be. If that's here, great. If it's not here, find it. It doesn't even have to be church connected. It might be work connected. It might be community connected. It might be the football club. It might be whatever. But somewhere God has gifted each and every one of us in a way where we can shine and we can connect with people and we can make a difference and we can introduce them to a life that can be very different because it can have Jesus in it. Most of my ministry, if you want to call it, I don't even know what word to use on it. Most of where I use the gifts that God has given me and the uniqueness that he has made me and the masterpiece that he has made me, and that's very un-Irish to say, I know, and I'm not bragging, I'm just being realistic. God gave me gifts and talents and I have honed them for years and I use 90% of it outside of this place. I use it in my workplace. I use it in working with people. All over. But, and I don't always get to talk about Jesus, but I always get to bring his presence into it. Because I go. And I can't go anywhere without carrying the presence of God with me. No more than you can. So I want to ask you, and I want to invite you, to be the masterpiece that God called you to be. I want to ask you and I want to invite you to dream again. If you can't remember your dreams of past, then ask God for new ones because I believe he will give them to you. Because I think that scripture is the truth. And if he created you as a masterpiece, he did it so you can do stuff he plans for you. And he's not interested in making a plan and not telling the people he wants to do it what they have to do. If we'd have gone over last week and said, now we want to get nine floors done, ten walls and daddy, daddy, that, but we won't tell anybody. We'll just see if they can figure it out all on their own. We leave a load of wood there as a hint, but we just won't tell them what rooms they to go into or anything like that, and we'll hide the keys for the rooms as well. That's the way most of us approach God. We think that's what he's doing. I think he wants me to do something, but I haven't got a clue what it is. And I asked him and he's not telling me. Maybe he's not telling you what you want to hear, but it doesn't mean he's not telling you. He will make his way as plain to us if we ask
just going to pray. Father, oh Lord, I don't think I did this justice for you. Come and speak to our hearts, Lord. Come and speak to our hearts. Lord, come and just, just, just reveal. Lord, I feel like there's people who have a light that has been bashed and has been covered in muck and has been, and, and bare around. And you just want to clean all that off and let that light shine again. But that you need their cooperation to do that. Lord, I feel that there's people who have dreams that have been squished on them. And Lord, I pray you would forgive us even as your church if we've been the ones who have squished them. But God, I pray that you would make space for the gifts that you have given people. And that people would be brave enough to step into new spaces. And be and do what you've given them to do. Lord, I bless you that Liam right now is stepping into new space. He wanted to do this for years, but the space wasn't there in the, in the structure he was in. But he created new space. Lord, let that be an example to us. That he is your masterpiece. Doing exactly what only he can do. many masterpieces you have sitting right now in this gallery of heaven's creation Lord I don't pray that we shine lights onto your masterpieces but I pray that the light inside your masterpieces shine and that as we leave this place God that we would be the church of Jesus Christ Not that we would have been to church, but we would be the church. That we will go on being your hands and your feet and your voice and your eyes and your heart and your compassion and your love and your grace and your mercy. That we will go on being all that we were created to be. God, right now in this next 30 seconds, just just sit, please, with God for 30 seconds. Just let him speak to your heart. Let him pull you up into heavenly places. Let him show you from where he sits how amazing the journey with him could be for you. A Christian walk was never meant to be humdrum or boring, or settling, or any of that stuff. (coughs) You were created to be an adventurer, to be a pioneer, to take steps where no one else has ever taken steps. Our God is continually creative. 
He hasn't stopped creating. The universe is still expanding. Your life is still expanding. When I just said to Sophie, this is the first day of the rest of your life, that was the truth for every single one of us. This today, the 5th of May 2019, is the beginning of the rest of what we have left on this planet. What will you do with it? The scripture tells us to throw off the things that hinder us from running the race. The things that hinder us are things that happened in the past. Throw it off. Leave it behind. Let today be the day. Let today be the day. Father, I pray your blessing on your people. May your face shine on them. May your light shine in them. May your grace and your peace be their, be their guard. Watch over their hearts and their minds. I pray encouragement, healing, love, grace, peace, everything that you have in abundance over each and every one. Spirit of the living God, you are the difference. I worship your name. We give you glory in this place. You know, sometimes when God speaks to you, you need to respond to him. You can do that here today. You can do it when you go home. You can sit and write. You can sit and pray. You can walk and talk. You can respond. But if you need to respond today by praying, if you need to respond today by having someone stand with you and pray, then don't leave this place. Without that. There are people here who will pray with you. There are people here who will stand and believe that your masterpiece's time has come. The Caravaggio was hidden in a smelly kitchen for years and years and years. But it was rediscovered. And it now stands in a place, in a gallery. And if you've been hidden in that stinking kitchen for the last while, maybe your time has come to shine bright in the gallery of Jesus Christ. So the Lord bless you and keep you.